the streets of the Harlems of the world, the black Harlems and the white Harlems. People are depressed. They are frustrated. They are downtrodden. They see no hope. They see no tomorrows. And I say to them always, keep the faith, baby. I say this because all over the world, people are not receiving God. They're not getting the assurances that once were given. Promises have been broken and their dawn refuses to rise. They're walking in the midnights of sorrow, in the midnight of frustration, in the midnight of despair. Too long have they been promised the good life by the great white fathers. Too long have they waited in vain, black and white, poor and illiterate, for the better jobs, better housing, better education, better hospitals. Yet the conditions have not changed. Except for those who have always lived in the penthouses, for the people who live in the basements, in the cellar, their lives are still drab, ugly, have no hope. And I say to them, keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith! Because God's realities always exceed man's fondest dreams. Keep faith in God, whoever your God is. Keep the faith in whatever God you believe in. Keep the faith. He'll take care of things. He'll make a way out of no way. He'll open doors that no one can open and shut doors that no one can shut. And it won't be long before he proves it, too. Keep the faith in yourself. You may be small to your oppressors, but you're bigger in your self-respect as a human being because as a human being, nobody is better than you are. All human beings, black and white, rich and poor, equal in the sight of God. Keep your faith in the life of your fellow man even though he abuses you. When he abuses you, he makes himself a lesser man. Ah, great man once said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray, 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 pray. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Keep your faith. Keep your faith because one day, black and white, Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, rich and poor, are going to walk the face of this earth with joyful hearts, happy in the togetherness of brotherhood. And the masses are going to run this world. The big man's day is gone. Not only because it is any man's world, but it's also and always has been and always will be God's world. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, baby. Oh, for a faith that will not shrink, though pressed by any foe, that will not tremble upon the brink of any earthly woe. Keep your faith, baby. Walk together. Talk together. Love together. Worship together. Live together, and we'll win tomorrow. Yeah. 
because God has no other hands than our hands. He has no other feet than our feet, and he has no other tongue than our tongue. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, baby. A great man walked the streets of Rome. Julio Cesare, or in English, Julius Caesar. He was not only stabbed to death by a band of his fellow Senate colleagues, but even after he was dead, each colleague came and plunged his dagger into his body. Since these noble senators were afraid of the consequences of their act, they decided that each one of them would make themselves equal assassins in this act of cowardice. Even one of his closest friends, Brutus, plunged his dagger into Caesar's side. And as Caesar died, he gasped, et tu, Brute, and you, Brutus? Caesar's colleagues believed the people would forgive them for their assassination because they were all equal partners in the conspiracy of death. But the people believed otherwise, and the masses rose up in anger and slew all of the senators of their day. Julius Caesar survived the attack, even though his body was buried, because history, the final judge of all men, history vindicated him. He survived the attack because God was on his side. And there is today, as there was then, a God who rules above with a hand of power and a heart of love. And if I'm right, he'll fight my battle and I'll be free one day. And so now I'd like to address a 20th century letter concerning the conspiracy against Julius Caesar. And it goes as follows. My dear colleagues, many times we have been in battle together. We have fought together through blood and sweat and tears, all inextricably intertwined. Many times people were to take the sword against you, and I came forward to prevent that sword, that dagger, from being plunged into you. Many times you were drowning in your own sea of tears, and you called me to help you, and I was always there to rescue you. Regardless of which side of the aisle, Republican or Democrat, or which region of the nation, north or south, you lived in. But never did I call on you to help me, except when I needed your help for the people. The people. Black and white, for justice, for freedom, for equality, for welfare, for education, for labor. 
But the one time I needed your help, the one time I wanted the dagger stayed and the sword dropped, that one time you were not there. One man kissed Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and betrayed him. His name was Judas. Before that, he told Jesus Christ how much he loved him. I am your friend, Judas said to Christ. I wonder how many Judases there are today in the halls of the modern Caesars. But I forgive you. I forgive you not only because of my heart, but I forgive you because you knew not the cowardness of your deed. I forgive you because I have no words, because I'm keeping the faith. Once there was a great king named Belshazzar who held one of the greatest dinners that the world has ever known. He invited to this dinner all the greats, the noble man, the wealthy man, but excluded from the dinner the Jews and any other racial group except his own. But he was an illiterate. Why? Because despite all the bags of gold and the power of his father, Nebuchadnezzar, they never had a program called Operation Head Start. And on this evening, as they were eating with all the noblemen and the rich, suddenly flames of fire rode across the wall. Many, many tekelepasen. And Belshazzar couldn't read it. He had to send for a Jew named Daniel. And Daniel came and said, this is the interpretation of the thing. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Thou art weighed in the balance and found wanting. We are all found wanting in God's sight. In short, said Daniel, baby, you're finished. Yes. Here we live today in a society that is the most educated society that the world has ever known. More people are going to universities and colleges in the United States than anywhere in the world, and we still cannot read the handwriting on the wall. Here today we live in a society where despite the literacy rate in the history of the world is the highest ever, there are people, white and black, who cannot even afford to go to elementary public schools. In the United States, there are 1,500,000 white families in the area we call Appalachia, whose average income per year per family is a thousand dollars or less. What we need today, therefore, is a sense of Daniel, a sense of interpretation, a sense of prophecy. The cult of mediocrity, which America worshipped in the 1950s, has now become a blanket of mediocrity that has smothered the creative ferment of excellence. This is the creative ferment that made America the land of the free and the home of the brave, but it's gone. This was the ferment that sent farmers, rude farmers, if you please, illiterates, but nevertheless sensitive to God, to stand at the arching bridges of Lexington and Concord and fire shots that echoed around the world. These farmers fired shots 
that destroyed the paid mercenaries, the Hessians of the British Empire to give America's freedom. This was the creative ferment that gave inspiration to the black man who was the first man, black or white, in the history of our republic to die for the freedom of our nation. He was Crispus Attucks from Barbados. Of course, we don't read about him in our history books because they won't write about him. But in Boston Commons, in an obscure corner, there is a monument to his memory. Oh, God, send us prophets and preachers today to restore the creative ferment of American excellence. Give us what our forefathers had. Return to us the sense of justice and the sensitivity of freedom. When this nation was once torn between North and South, James Russell Lowell wrote, when a blow is struck for freedom, there echoes across the broad earth's surging breast a thrill of joy prophetic that trembles on from east to west. And the slave, wherever he cowers, feels his soul within him climb. Let's strike these blows for freedom. Strike them with our minds. Strike them with our unbridled tongues. Strike them with our strides as we walk across God's world. Strike them with our heads held high. And let us sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Handwriting's on the wall today. Brothers and sisters, there's a message for us today. Let not your days be numbered. Because God is uh, going to settle all things in his way. They'd been in there 
Nebuchadnezzar said, did we put only three in there? That's all. He said, I see a fourth one in there. And he looks like the son of God. And when they opened up the doors and they came out, they couldn't even smell the scorch upon their clothes. I want to talk about Burn Baby Burn, which was originated by Nebuchadnezzar, not by Watts. In Watts, it was a cry of last resort. People penned in a ghetto where there weren't even any buses to drive them to downtown Los Angeles to get their social security. People penned in a ghetto who were so poor that they didn't have cars. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. So this was a cry of last resort. I'm not criticizing them. I understand what it means to be frustrated, what it means to be black. But it was a cry of the oppressed. Burn, baby, burn. Scorched earth policy of black people who had nowhere else to go. How else to call attention to their miserable conditions? But burn, baby, burn. Burn Baby Burn does more than call attention to a condition of not second class, third class. Because we got second class citizens in the United States who belong to the white race. Black man in the United States is third class. Come on. But I'd like to say that Burn Baby Burn is not the policy that I believe in. Because when the first rage in black communities burst forth with burn, baby, burn, it's our homes that are destroyed. When a neighborhood dry cleaner is burned down, it's our clothes that become ashes. When a supermarket in our community is set on fire, that's food for our babies, our children. I have never believed that violence can solve anything, whether on an international basis or on a community basis. The Chinese have a proverb that when you are in an argument, he who strikes the first blow confesses he's lost the argument. Show me a war in the history of the world that has solved the problem. Black men went out and fought World War I. World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, to make the world safer democracy, and they still have no equality, still have no equality. So therefore I say, babies, it's learn, baby, learn, learn. We need education to compete in this modern world of automation. We need education for skills. We need education that'll make us, educationally at least, the equal of the white man. Learn to be the best. Learn to be the best. Learn to be a leader. Learn to be a follower. Learn all these things that will equip you for this 20th century we're living in. 
Now, when you learn, baby, learn, then you can earn, baby, earn. And black power doesn't mean anything unless you have green power. Earn, baby, earn. Get that green in your pocket, baby. White man only respects two things. The white man only respects your vote and your dollar. The new trinity in the United States is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Almighty Dollar. to educate your children to break the, the chains. Break the chains. You hear what I said, baby? Break the chains. Break the chains of poverty. Break the chains of welfare. Break the chains of colonialism. Break the chains. Burn, baby, burn. I understand it. I know my watch leaders. I know them personally. I understand them, but the thing is, learn, baby, learn, and be wise, and earn, baby, earn, for survival, and if we must burn anything, let us burn the hatred out of their hearts. In fact, my feeling is that the black man has got to be the missionary to the white man. All these hundreds of years, the white man's been sending missionaries to Africa to save the black man's soul. Now the black man's got to start sending missionaries to save the white man's soul. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, you see, if it isn't for the black man, the world is finished because two-thirds of the earth are black today. Two-thirds of the United Nations are black today. Let's don't talk about just the black man in the United States, 22 million, but let's realize, as Jesus once said, who's my neighbor? And the modern means of communication transportation have made the world a whole neighborhood. We're all neighbors now. And two-thirds, two-thirds of this world now, black people, we are people made in the image of God, and God didn't say whether you're going to be black or white. He said, I'm going to make man in my That's image. And the spittle clay grew arrogant with breath. So learn, baby, learn. Learn, baby, learn. Keep the faith, baby. I heard Zion. Oh, 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 oh. Beep, 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 beep.
Sing his song. Coming to West. Bless your hearts. The death of any man. The death of any man is my brother. One of the greatest writers that ever lived, Tolstoy, once wrote, War on one hand is such an atrocious thing that no man has the right to assume the responsibility of beginning a war. Just in this century alone, America has already fought two world wars, a Korean War, and we are locked in a senseless struggle of death in Vietnam. Senseless, because any slaughter is senseless. Murder is wrong. Whether you're mugged on the streets of a city or whether you are butchered on the battlefield. Just the other day, I read of two teenagers from Harlem that were killed the same day, there were 30 young men of the Viet Cong killed. And my heart went out to all the grieving families, black in my district and yellow in Vietnam. They have families as well as we do, and I sorrowed for them. As a great English writer once wrote, no man is an island. The death of any man diminishes me. Ask not for whom the bell tolls. Ask not because they toll for thee. That's true. And they toll for me. When we kill a man 10,000 miles away, we kill a part of ourselves. Because humanity is indivisible. Man must stop believing that he has the right to chop up another man to settle an argument. Wars aren't won. Wars are always lost. We fought all these wars. World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, to make the world safe a democracy. And the black man still lives in a world of no democracy. Man must begin to believe and act in terms of that wonderful spiritual. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield. And study war no more. Down by the riverside. 
down by the riverside. In the neighborhood of this world, all men are brothers. War diminishes me, and war diminishes you as much as war diminishes them. Those who have fought wars and known the suffering, the pain, the destruction, are the biggest enemies of war. A great general, William Sherman, said of war, war is cruel, you cannot refine it. War at its best is barbarism. I'm sick and tired of war. Its glory, said Sherman, General Sherman, is all nothing but moonshine. I don't know whether they meant liquor or not. There's only those who have neither fired a shot or heard the shrieks and the groans of the wounded cry aloud about blood, vengeance, desolation. And then Sherman finished by saying, war is hell. I've been a pacifist all my life. Have you made the world any safer for democracy by killing 30 million lives in this century, by burning alive 6 million Jews at Buchenwald, by lynching 6,000 black men in the United States of America? Have you made it any better? We thought we did, but Nazism in Germany in particular has now again reared its ugly head, and the new prime minister of West Germany where they burned alive six million Jews is now a former Nazi. So wars do not kill ideas, ideals, but only men made in the image of God. We must follow the philosophy our grandfathers who told the world to lay down. Lay down your sword and shield down by the riverside. Ain't gonna study war no more. Because wars solve no problems. They create only new ones. The seeds of international wars are sown in daily violence. The seeds of international wars are sown in the defeats. Man must begin to control his destructive impulse. That's all war is. An outlet for the evil compulsions of our society. And all we need, as my daddy once told me, the greatest power in the world is the expulsive power of a new affection. So all we need there for is the new affection of Oh, we can march off gloriously down the streets of New York singing when Johnny comes marching home again. Or let's remember Pearl Harbor or the Ballad of the Green Berets. We cannot ignore or ever forget one essential fact about war. And blood and torrents poured in vain is always in vain. For war breeds war. And the death of any man diminishes me. 
ask not for whom the bells toll. They toll for me. he was a teenager the youngest one of the disciples his name was John he leaned his head gently on Jesus shoulder and he was exiled because of his beliefs and on that day he suddenly saw one garment shining like the light and he said I am Jesus Alpha and Omega first and the last I was dead Old and alive evermore. One day. One day. There's an old man now who had come to the end of his journey. Weary with life. But the battle wasn't done. He was still leaning on the staff redemption. Saying, I'll overcome. One day. One day. United States of America. With the bleeding wounds of race hatred will be cleansed by the glorious healing power of God's love. One day, day. the old divisions between the Arabs and the Israelites, the Indians and the Pakistanis, white South Africa and black South Africans will be wiped out by a new unity of one brotherhood. One day, day. the barriers between denominations and all faiths Emerged by the common denominator of love. One day, day. the blood of my brother will no longer run in the dark alleyways of our cities, victims of brutality, or on the tear-drenched battlefields of the world where they're fighting senseless wars. One day, God will return to our hearts. Love will live in our souls, and we shall be afraid no more. They will be rejoicing in the alleys and rejoicing all over the world. One day, one day, our minds will open up and spread the faith of love to the rolling fields where all men dwell. One day, the rough ways shall be made smooth, the mountains shall be made level, and the crooked ways shall be made straight. Amen. And the trees of the fire shall clap their hands for joy. One day. One day. The oceans of the world will roar. Glory be to God. One day. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't have to die to go to heaven. Heaven's right here. If we stand together and walk together, there is a Zion on earth. And one day, we shall enjoy the sweetness of freedom here. Amen. Clasp 
this dream to your breast and make it live in your minds and your hearts. One day, one day, one day, if you keep the faith back. Oh, in the sea, go marching in, go marching in, go in the sea. Golden Gate, Golden Gate, Jesus and Peter, Peter and Paul.